The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. And now, here's Brandon. Welcome to Old Space Show, <clears throat> Earth Edition, I guess, for this series. But <laughs> I'm Brandon, and riding shotgun with me is Tony. Yeah, we're here for another trip, mile after mile. We're, we're keep on keeping on here. That's right, because this series of Old Space Show will follow the exploits of a man and his car. Following the first season of Knight Rider. Today, we're here to discuss episode 11, <clears throat> The Final Verdict. Ooh, sounds very, very serious, but it's it's got that, it's got that legal aspect to it. That's what the verdict thing right. is all about, of course. So, uh, <laughs> so here it is. Cheryl Burns, an old friend of Michael's, has been accused of murder. Gasp. Michael asks for some time off to search out the only man who can clear Cheryl's name, accountant Marty King, who is a, a Woody Allen type, and that's, that's about a fairly as accurate a description as we're going to get for, for him. So, <laughs> This one is uh, directed by Bernard L. Kowalski, written by Tom Green. Hey, Daddy, have you found my sausage? Backwards man, backwards man. Sorry, not that Tom Green, but it's good. And John Allen Schwartz, yeah, Tom Green and John Allen Schwartz. They wrote it, uh, starring David Hasselhoff again, Edward Mulhair, Patricia McPherson, William Daniels, Roman Bieri, Don Gordon, Rick Fitz, Tim Rosovich, and Penny Pazer. Um, <clears throat> so this episode uh, opens up with a new thing Kit can do. It can ID scan people and have this awesome Nintendo like eight bit <laughs> cutscene picture of the person. It was pretty amazing. Like They're I, all I, like, I half ex- yeah, they were very impressed. I half expected it to print out on a dot matrix <clears throat> printer like after he made it on the screen. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> and I was like, come on, let's go, let's go. <laughs> right. Um yeah, that was cool. And I will say, um, <clears throat> Uh, Johnny Lee, musician who did the song "Highways Run Forever," yeah. I wonder if he paid a pretty penny to have his song <clears throat> play as Michael drives the desert. It was like Randomly. heavily. It was like a yeah. It was like a beautiful yeah. nature montage, and yeah, it was this big deal. It was like a like a three minute sequence, which is an got, eternity for TV. <laughs> you got at least two verses, two choruses, and the bridge in there. Like that's absolutely. I was like, was it? Did they did they get the final edit and we're like, eh, we're short, <laughs> or did they, or was a record company that also was with the studio like we need is. Your hit show, not Ryder. We need this. In- <laughs> it's a distinct possibility, I guess. Because <laughs> I mean, they they would do that on shows. Because like even to like Miami Vice, 
<clears throat> back in the day there. I mean, I remember an episode where they were playing Phil Collins in the air tonight in like total with just Crockett and Tubbs driving in the night and like yeah. looking, looking cool. And then like making sure their gun was loaded and just, and then it cut to like the next day. Like that was, that was it. So that kind of stuff would happen back then. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting vibe to the episode. I didn't, I didn't hate it. It was mm-hmm. fine. It kind of showed, you know, uh, you know, obviously it was another chance again to remind everyone they, that kid can drive themselves and he could drive pretty much wherever he wants. But right. I, I mean, there was, he was like, let's cut through the desert. And then like, they're still on a road. It's a dirt road, but it's obviously a road. And then they cut to his, um, to, to his, um, to his dashboard. And you can see like, it's like, the mile that the miles per hour just kicks up. Like it just, you see it go from like 120 to 140 in uh-huh. like a second. I'm like, how fast do you think it's going in the desert here? Like, geez, there's gotta be some limit here. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so yeah, this one revolves around a friend of Michael's. She's in jail and she's wrongfully accused of murder. Um, and there's a guy that has information that can help. And he, he kind of looks like Woody Allen. That's that's yes, and that is not a lie. A, no, it's a very it's a very clear intentional kind of uh, said, kind of kind of vibe. Said, <laughs> looks and acts like Woody Allen. Like I it, yes, it wasn't just the look, but so this is another um, Michael investigate Michael uh, Michael Knight detective episode. Um, but right, I, one of the best because uh, we've had glimpses of previous episodes of Michael's detective work, but this is the full on thing. We get like stealth visits, stakeouts, research, interviewing clues. It's kind of rad. I kind of, yeah. Kind of down. And once again, yeah, here. you get, yeah, you get, you get Michael's uh, intuition coming into play on several occasions here. Like we talked about a few episodes ago, that's mm-hmm. where Michael's kind of, you know, intuitive instincts, uh, you know, play a very different vibe than kit's very logical approach to things it's a very interesting um uh, juxtaposition to kind of see them both kind of work in tandem and, and both of their you know uh, uh different features kind of be highlighted throughout the episode um one thing i thought was interesting and i didn't really think about this until after the episode ended and i was doing some you know post episode post rewatch reviews and looking around online for little tidbits and stuff is mm-hmm. so cheryl, cheryl is like michael's old friend right like right. like they mm-hmm. establish that very clearly like old friend like knows him from way back in the day but it's it's hard to remember because it was way, way back in the first episode and we've established this hasselhoff michael mike character mm-hmm. michael used to be michael long a different That's name right. he used to look <laughs> completely different but she she tracks down michael knight very easily doesn't question that he has last name when he shows up to the uh, prison as hasselhoff she doesn't she doesn't like oh you've you've changed she's just like oh so so good to see you i'm like i didn't even think about this because yeah he's supposed to be like this like unknown off the grid element right so i am the target audience they were going for with this because i didn't even think about that it's one of those things you don't think about until it's too late. Like, wait a minute. You know, I mean, it, in the moment, it doesn't impact anything that the story's yeah. happening. And like they're the writers aren't going to stop and be like, oh, she shouldn't recognize him or she should. You know, maybe it would have been funny if she made an offhanded comment of like, like, my, how you've grown or something. But, you know, like not not a big <laughs> deal on the great episode. So <laughs> well, here's another thing, too, with this is kind of, you know, how. Michael had to be 
the the plastic surgery and stuff was done just because like we need you to look like nobody that's ever been around before and you know you're gonna be this right. secret person with this super secret car that we at the first chance we get we tell everybody everything about all the time so what right. michael have to be super secret like was michael Long so just funny, too recognizable yeah. to the rest i don't of know the world? Yeah, because and it gets yeah, it's, it's definitely as the, as the season has progressed, he gets more and more brazen. He does the exact same thing in this episode right. too, where like like he runs out like it's zero f's <clears> given. <throat> like if anybody knows that Kit's a self driving car, like right. he goes in the bar to arm wrestle and he talks on the talks on the Dick Tracy watch to Kit, and the guy's like a talking watch, and then he yeah. goes outside and Kit has to push a garbage truck out of his way to make sure he could leave his parking spot. He does it right in front of the garbage man. Who's like, you can't do that to city property. And PS who's driving that car. Like it's yep. like more and more like who cares if anybody knows at this point. So That's it's a, the yeah. You mentions where Kit moves the dump <laughs> truck. Cause the guy parks Michael in. Yes. Um, I will, I want to say like, I, I felt like in this episode, I want to point something out. Like, while it's not very pretty looking. I kind of remember like TV in this time and stuff like it used to look um, yeah, they used to go to places and hang out in places in flyover states that would be recognized or be recognizable to flyover states. You know, like this looks like some whatever in some area of the Midwest between New York and Los Angeles that small town people would you know, recognize or whatever. I get it. Like it's probably cheap. It's probably, it's still California and stuff, but it always, right. Just like, it feels like it's with the, the common folk or whatever. Um, more often, like there's so many shows would, would do this kind of thing or be in these places that just, that's not even a thought anymore. Unless you're yeah. shit's Creek, but shit's Creek is like still like a pretty <laughs> version of, you're right. It was intentionally designed to be yeah. that kind of, uh, yeah. You like you, you get the, the glittiest effort of that yeah. goofy small town. So yeah, this is like Supergirl three dump dumpy small town. <laughs> um, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, so uh, yeah, Michael goes to these bars, but um, we do get the facial ID, finds the Woody Allen guy, uh, and he goes to this like there's like a fitness club that they go to and it is like everything you're hoping it to be once you go inside like there's aerobics is, yes tropical plants leg warmers <laughs> 80s pop a pool astro turf it is yes and, and and it's it's the world's thinnest excuse to shoot a scene inside this type of place like there's no reason for marty to be in here and it goes you know, back like later. A, right yes so yes a very very thin reason <laughs> to be there but we're there, so you might as well enjoy all the spandex and neon that you can while we're shooting these scenes. So, <laughs> yeah, which Kit finds the area quite intoxicating, and Michael's like, "Well, no. try to stay sober until I get back." <laughs> um. So yeah, and then Marty, the guy, the, the Marty, um, <laughs> goes to work, which is funny because he looks like Woody Allen, and his name's Marty, which Scorsese has kind of that Woody. Well, he grow to have a Woody Allen type look later on. His yeah, big glasses yeah. and stuff. I'm like, okay, that's kind of so. So yeah, nimbly New York <laughs> guy. Um, yeah. So he goes. Michael disguised himself as a maintenance man to go ask him about Cheryl. Yes. Funny. Um, but of course, there are some gigantic goons that are like onto Michael that are at this place as well. And one, I had, 
one looks like Prince Adam from He-Man and the other is like a stunt double for Joe Don Baker. Like that's my God. It was, it was so, it was, yeah. As soon as I saw that, yeah, the, the He-Man references and great references, as soon as I saw him come on the screen, I'm like, is this, is this guy like if Lou Ferrigno needed a stunt double, like right. is that what, like he's huge, like, yeah. ri- like ridiculous, like cartoonishly huge. And then in all the chase scenes, He's the one driving the car. I'm like, can he even fit his arms in? Like, can he get in the seat? Right. Yeah, like, like, what it's use does like, this like, oaf of a man serve? Like, clown car, right? It's, it's ridiculous. And he has several lines. Usually, those big guys are just yeah. a strong, silent type, but he talks a lot. Yeah. No, like, he literally, like, I was like, whoa, it's, he like had a shirt on too. I was like, it's Prince Adam. That's that's for for, yeah. for the kids. That's that's who He Man is when he's not He Man. Like he's a guy named Prince Adam that nobody can tell. Absolutely He-Man not because he has a shirt on. Like that's right, and he has he still has his big green pet green tiger. But yep. this, but this tiger's scared. He's a scared tiger. He couldn't be. He couldn't be battle cat. He's just he's a not, little guy. He's not wearing. <laughs> he's not wearing a saddle and armor. You know, his cat. His and tail's it, between his legs. He won't fight. They have the same friends. <laughs> Like, I, don't know. I know we're going way off the way off topic here, but I yes, of course, it's like the thinnest of the thinnest of reasons. But yeah, I this guy pick, is. Uh, there, yeah. I saw at Target last time I was there, they had the complete series of Masters of the Universe that used to be out of print. They have it back now. I'm like, I need to pick that up. I don't know why. Oh yeah, that's much. I think it might have Shira in there too. I'm not sure because it had like Ooh. a little Shira blurb on the back. I'm like, that'd be even cooler if it had both. That would be um, cool. That would be very cool to relive and be underwhelmed by one of my favorite shows as a kid, but I do the same thing with Thundercats. I was all in on Thundercats back in the day and you watch it now and you're like, just humans running around being idiots with tails. Thundercats, He-Man and Masters Universe. That was the trifecta. But the one that disappointed me most of all time was Ninja Turtles. The original. Yeah. Okay. The, the, The original first season, like six or seven episode run is fantastic. And then when it got put to like full seasons, it's like the same episode every it's tough week. To, it's tough to justify mm-hmm. turtles coming out of the sewers, fighting crime, and then going back in. You know, like there's only yeah. so much you can do with that. So yeah. similar to what you might have to do with the talking car every right. every, every yeah. week. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Even but more challenging because you got animators that have to draw this shit. That, over yeah, I'm into that. So, but I do cut bringing it all the way back to this episode. I do give this episode credit mm-hmm. for, like you said, it's a very like it's it's got that kind of heisty like Michael can do different things vibe. Yeah, there's an extra mm-hmm. element that there, there, there's not just a bad guy there's like marty is wanted by not right. just michael for what he needs to do but there's this whole other subplot involving the police in his town trying yeah. to get him so it's a very it's got a very like rat race kind of vibe of like who's going to get to him first like where are we going to go with this type of thing so it, it made for a very engaging for for as much as last week's episode the plot failed mm-hmm. this week the plot really i think accented the action that was going yeah. on for yeah, sure well, yeah Yes, totally agree. Like, yeah, it was so much fun. And then, like, the action itself was kind of different because when Michael goes to that warehouse and those two guys confront him, it's like a 66 Batman fight in there. Oh, 100%. Like, I just just missing Biff, Pow, everything. Like, it's got Dutch angles and, like, just, like, just really big going for it, like, punches. And and then, yeah, Marty flees from that fight, but, like, he goes back to the little workout place and his trainer girl, she covers yes. like it was like oh okay 
<laughs> yeah, it was a yeah, it was a very interesting vibe as kind of yeah. watching Marty kind of try to hide around town. And then of course after that, he's like, Well, where should I go hide now? He hides out on the bench outside of his apartment. Right. And he watches a he, I mean, smart, he watches every single person come raid his apartment to try to find him. And he just sits there and watches it all kind of happen. <laughs> Yep. Uh, then, yeah, we we get to see cool things. Uh, also, like uh, Kit boosting Michael up a fire escape. Yes. And yeah. Walks, using he, that ejector seat for good. Yes. But he, he walks. <laughs> he walks into a couple in bed when he goes through one. Oops. Michael. 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 You rapscallion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then when he gets Marty and they're trying to escape through things together, he puts him. There's a part where he tries to like throw him over a fence, and it is just. Wow, wow. Yeah, again, yeah, I feel like there are several there's at least one moment I feel like in every episode where where the editors are like, God, we have we have like three minutes to fill and, and yep. we just have nothing of value. So let's let's just try to watch this guy struggle over a fence <laughs> and then fall on top of Michael and you right. know and then run away or whatever. Like, yeah, Which, just yeah, there the scene does yeah. have Michael break his watch, so he can't communicate with Kit. You're right. Um <clears throat> and then Michael has this gross little like pep talk with marty about talking to a girl he <laughs> likes to get him motivated to turn in these guys and it's not yeah not pretty not pretty no yeah there yeah there's a couple of filler spots where it's like uh yeah for as much as we like the plot overall some of the some of the details when you when you scope in a little bit it gets a little gets a little fuzzy oh, there. We <laughs> this is this entire plot is a race against the clock as well because there's like a trial yes. they need evidence for this guy needs to turn in that's going to happen in the morning and they get it there just in time um and right and uh kit confuses joe don baker stunt double and prince adam on a loudspeaker from his car that he's like the police which is yeah it's a very interesting yeah it's a really interesting vibe because yeah so so they so michael is chasing marty because Marty is the only one that can corroborate the fact that Cheryl has an alibi. Cheryl's in jail because her boss was found dead and it was after when they had a fight. So, uh, so she's, she's in jail on suspicion of murder, but mm -hmm. she was at a bar where she met Marty and talked to him. So he's right. the only one that can, can provide an actual alibi. So Marty leaves out. I think this is in Albuquerque or something. So he goes mm -hmm. to find Marty he wants to take Marty to the trial, which is happening like that next day. Mm -hmm. But before, but the police won't let him take Marty because they're staking him out because he's an accountant for a shady company and they know he's cooking the books for them. Yeah. So they have to go to the company, steal the books. Michael and Marty have to steal the accounting books, take them to the police officers who, who will then begrudgingly agree right. to let Marty go, go be a witness for this trial. So that's yeah, a very follow the dots type of thing but it but it all makes sense it does it works in the context of the story which is which is awesome so right right um yeah uh and everything goes as they want it to um uh cheryl gets out of jail and everybody goes to the bar to have a good time which is the same bar they were at earlier uh yes. and the guys like the bartender's like yo ventriloquist and he wants to like arm wrestle michael and he does and we get a freeze frame of michael like ah Oh, right. It's a very comedic ending, yeah. which is good because it wipes away the super creepy lead up to that where Michael and Cheryl 
like I got initially, like when she was in jail, I kind of got the vibe. Like they were like friends. I got, almost got like the brothers, like big brother, little sister yeah, vibe, yeah, yeah. but not here in the bar. Nope. Michael's like, I'm so glad you're okay. Like gazing. And then they start making out like in front of Marty. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then Marty's mm -hmm. like, Hey, uh, I did something too. And then she turns around and kisses him on the lips. I'm like, this is like, this is disgusting. Yeah. I know we're in like a seventies, eighties swinger vibe here, but like, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just cut, get us out of here, please. Just go, just go. Please, just go. Yes. And then it gets arm wrestling. Yeah. It's, it's a bit wild. Um, we got to finish this episode somehow, right? They have to, right. And then, and then of course they go, it is, it, it's a very interesting, yeah. So they've got like the very like romantic-y, like macking on the girl thing to like this comedic, like, ha ha, finish with the freeze frame. Vibe. And then as it closes, this was obviously probably large, largely unplanned until it happened, but the episode closes with a, with a tribute placard of, uh, then recently deceased series producer R.A. Senator, mm. where it says in remembrance of R.A. Senator, he was an original, right? Like it's got right. this very like touching thing at the end, and it's like, oh boy, we have gone, we have run the range of emotions here these last two and a half minutes. I don't know what to think anymore. So <laughs> I was like, we'll put his name right after this, uh, the triple <laughs> suck face, and then arm wrestle and. Yeah, sure, why not? Just throw it all, just mix it all up. A little smorgasbord of, of WTF at the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Uh, but, but it was a fun episode overall. Yeah. It was it was it was a lot of fun. It I chucked this up with my tops uh, of the uh, season because um, it just all worked. Um, yeah, really well. Um, they, uh, you know, uh, Kit gets a cool new thing to do. Michael, this is yeah, just Detective Michael at his best. Like he, yeah, it, yeah. They found ways to like Kit wasn't around with things to do with the plot, but it didn't feel like man, they're wasting Kit at all. Like it was, I don't know. This worked for me quite a bit. I yeah, had a he, lot of yeah. He wasn't him. terribly yeah. He wasn't terribly central, but he played a pretty key role in a lot of what like he he essentially kind of rescued Michael from that, mm -hmm. from the chintzy warehouse fight. You know, he, he was, you know, without, without the uh, uh, very specific use of the ejector seat, he might know Michael probably wouldn't have been able to sneak into Marty's apartment things like that. So yeah, Kit definitely um, had a good, you know, there was a huge chase scene at the end, which was great. You've got the, yeah. you know, um, there when, when they're racing to get Marty and the accounting books to the police officers so that they could, finish that part and then be able to take Marty to Albuquerque for the trial. There was, right. it was a great chasing with this absolute boat of a car driving, like following them very close. Right. And then, and then of course the guys, and it's a very interesting goof that um, I read about afterwards is like, you know, it, a, so they're being followed by Prince Adam and, you know, <laughs> the, the, the company owner guy who's of course leaning out the window shooting pew, pew, pew. And Michael's <laughs> like, don't worry. It's bulletproof. But there are at least two times during the chase scene, including one where they were on a road and Michael or the stunt driver obviously swung it around and went the other way on the road. And the, and the car, the cars were like side by side where you could see Kit's windows were down. Like you're not bulletproof if your windows are down, bro. Right. They can just shoot you right through no. the open window. And I understand why they did it because uh -huh, the stunt drivers yeah. are probably overheated and working hard and everything. But it's very clear when you're looking into the car, oh, like geez. his windows are down. You can just shoot right in there, and that's the end of the episode. Very grim end of the episode right there. So Oh my gosh. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> what are you gonna do? 
nothing's perfect. So <laughs> no, true. I'll forgive it. Earned this episode. Of course, it. Um, it did. It did. Yeah, though this is a good time. Uh, this is yeah, definitely high recommend of the season. Uh, yeah. And our last, yeah, two of our last three have been pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, the meat in the middle of the sandwich not so tasty, but the bread was yeah. excellent. Um, Amen to that. So, all right, Tony, let's shift gears and look toward the sunset before we hit the horizon. Where can people find you? Yeah, come hang out with me online. You can uh, do all the social stuff, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitters, at Tony Schaub. And as always, you can swing by sciencefiction.com where I'm doing all the fun writing as their senior editor. We're doing movie reviews and TV reviews and news articles and op-ed pieces and all the good geeky stuff that we can possibly squeeze in there. All right. Uh, hashtag Kits and Michael Meaners. Uh, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KWG. We're going to work on whysoblue.com. Something's going to happen for you on Monday from the show. I don't know what, but <laughs> stay tuned for that. But this will be here next the next week. Uh, Tony and I have another Night Rider adventure. Uh, but from Old Space. Brandon and Tony, not so lone crusaders in a dangerous world. The world of Old Space Show. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at BrandonPetersShow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at BrandonPetersShow.com. show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.